Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. This episode of the CMO Podcast is part of our Leadership During Crisis series. For these short episodes, I am inviting back previous guests to see how they are leading during the pandemic, how they are addressing new challenges, and how they are providing for their consumers, their employees, and the public during these unprecedented times. Welcome to another edition of the CMO Podcast, Crisis Response. Today, our guest is Alex Josephson, who's the global head of Twitter Next. And today we talk with Alex about how brands are leveraging his platform and actually more important than that, the principles for brands to approach their consumers and their customers in these times. He talks about which behaviors he feels will extend beyond this crisis. This podcast is full of wisdom and full of humanity. This is my conversation with Alex Josephson. Alex, welcome back to the CMO Podcast. It is good to hear your voice, see your face. How are you doing in the middle of these crazy, unprecedented times? Yeah, thanks, Jim. Uh, it's, it's good to be back, so thanks for having me. And um, doing well, just learning, I think, like everybody else, to adapt. Everyone's dealing with new stresses and new conditions uh, in different ways, right? Whether you're coping with isolationism or you're trying to balance work with childcare and homeschooling. It's uh, it's a new era for everybody. So just trying to be productive and at the same time, really patient. I was on Twitter this morning and I think I saw a bouncy castle in your backyard. Is that right? Yeah, we are um, we are pulling out all the stops with uh, with a four year old and a six year old during this quarantine. So um, we we went with a, a inflatable bouncy house and um, and we've got a trampoline on the way as well because we are we're running out of ideas. But the weather's getting progressively nicer here on the east in the northeast. So uh, I think that's that's a sign of good things to come for us. So I want to ask you, what's the biggest non-obvious change in your life now versus before the crisis? I mean, everyone's working remotely. We have kids at home. What's the most non-obvious one? The, the one that um, I guess the, the biggest change for me right now is getting to eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner as a family every single day. Like there's no, there's during the, a normal week, we get to do that on the weekends, maybe here and there during the week. Um, but it's, this is like, I think we've done this now for like 20 days in a row, three meals a day, all four of us. And that's, um, it sounds silly, right? Because it sounds like that's something you should be able to do, uh, but it's actually not something we do on a day-to-day basis typically. What's the most creative meal you've prepared? Oh, wow. The, the most creative meal we prepared was the other night we made some um, Asian style beef and broccoli dish. We had, so we've just, you know, we buy chicken, ground beef. Typically we'll make hamburgers or we do taco Tuesdays and we were just kind of getting tired of taco Tuesdays and, and hamburgers. So we made this cool, uh, we found all the ingredients, sesame oil and whatnot. And we, pepper flakes and we made this cool asian beef and broccoli dish which is tasty i haven't had lunch i'm getting hungry yeah sorry to do that to you yeah and (laughs) so in your work life what is one habit 
or practice that you will probably carry forward that you've learned in this crisis when things get, when we come out of this? So many people are talking about the creativity, the agility, the speed. What's, what's a habit or practice you'll take forward? I've, I've noticed less. So a practice I'm, I'm going to take forward, it's something I thought I was starting to do a good job of this year, but I think there's still room to do more of is um, I think people realize now how valuable everyone's time is. So uh, particularly if you're juggling a lot at home. So if you're going to schedule a 30 minute meeting with someone, um, you I think people are thinking twice and thrice about doing that and um, seeing how much can actually just be accomplished virtually and how productive we actually can be if we really minimize the in-person or in this case, virtual meetings, meeting time to like situations where you absolutely need to discuss something live. Otherwise, let everybody figure out a way to get it done in their own time and and give everybody the time back, you know, help each other be more productive. So I'm going to try and take that lens into what hopefully is a post-pandemic era. Yeah. Well, listen, Twitter in this pandemic, I mean, amazing, right? So th this platform is so incredible for times like this. And I just want you to share with our audience, you know, what, how are you counseling brands? You know, you work with the best brands all over the mm -hmm. world, the biggest and the smallest. Mm -hmm. How are you counseling them in this time to leverage your platform in a way to help people and, uh, and to make a difference? Yeah. So we, the conversations have, have certainly shifted over the last few weeks. Uh, my team in particular, we're typically at this time of the year, we're working with brands on the next big sneaker release or what they're gonna, going to be doing around the Olympics or the opening of Major League Baseball. And so those conversations have, have shifted quite a bit. And right now we're, we're really consulting them more so on communication strategy, messaging, uh, and, and, and really trying to help them understand well, first and foremost, and this has become more and more obvious as the as the pandemic has escalated, that this is in no way a marketing opportunity. This is in no way something to be capitalized on. It sounds obvious to say, but actually, it's important to to keep that as a baseline, um, and because it's it's so easy to even come across accidentally as opportunistic, right? If you're not if you're not doing the right things and listening to your audience, so um, we really start with trying to help them understand where they're where people's heads are at right now. Um, what do they want? And what do they need? And really, where is the intersection between the role your brand plays in society or the role it could genuinely play in society as a utility to help people? And, and where does that intersect with what people need and want right now? And so we start with just listening to people on the platform. So for instance, we ran a survey of over 500 people on Twitter just recently, the last week or so. Um, and here's here's like the baseline is, more than two thirds of them, like 68% of the people surveyed say they think brands should continue to promote their products and services. Half, 51% of the same, same respondents say actually seeing advertising on the platform gives them a sense of, of normalcy. And 77% say they're likely to feel more positive about a brand if they see them trying to make an intent, a, a genuine effort to help in some way in the current crisis. But the kicker is only 6% of those respondents, 6%, think brands should continue with their operating with their current or historical tone of voice. So that's tricky, right? So, so, so you have to be really in tune and, and the only way to, um, to navigate those waters is to listen to what they're saying, what they want, what they don't want. And to be really honest with yourself as to, do I have a role? Like, is this my lane to get involved or, or is it something I should, I should pivot and steer, steer clear from, 
Or is there an opportunity for me to totally flip my business model and provide something new with existing resources I have and just redistribute them in a different way? And we could, I can get to specifics of, you know, some brands we've seen do just that um, in really successful ways over the last few weeks. I want to do that. But first, what do you think they mean? That 6% that say they don't want you carrying on with a typical tone of voice. What do they, what do they mean by that? It's, it's, it's not business as usual. So yeah, people still are going to buy products and services. We've seen an e-commerce boom over the last few weeks, you know, on, on a macro level. Um, and so while those human needs, you know, consumerism needs are still there, um, people do not want, you know, it's, it's really off-putting to come across as, as tone deaf as a marketer. And, um, and so it's even, even so, there's such an opportunity as a corporate, as a public corporation to come across as human and to show your empathy and to show your understanding and to show uh, in times positivity or to show that you are, um, you're aware of the people you are trying to speak to and ultimately who are buying your products and services. You have an awareness as to what they're going th- through and how they're feeling. Um, and so that is, that's just, it's, it's table stakes, but it's, it's so important to get that right. So tell me, I mean, these are lessons we should probably carry past this crisis, right? To be listening more, to be more helpful, to be more, to be more generous, to be more purpose-led, you know, if you will. Sure. But what, what, what's, what are some of the brands that you're working with that you think are getting it right and are leveraging, that are coming out with people in the right way, they're doing the right thing, yeah. they're using your platform in the right way? Who are some of the brands that you would highlight? Yeah. So there's, so there's, there's a number of examples. I'll start sort of on like in, in some simple, but, but effective ways. If you look at some of the dining bread, quick service restaurant brands on, on the platform, um, Wendy's is an example. McDonald's is another one. It, the creative that I've seen promoted in my own timeline from Wendy's, for instance, is um, for food delivery, right? And they started doing this two, three weeks ago. So people do need food. It's hard to get food. You don't want to leave your home necessarily. Um, and so the creative just simply says, no matter where you are, we've got your back. Uh, all your favorites are available. Wendy's menu, it clicks through to their, their DoorDash, I think, um, menu page. Any order over $15, no delivery fees. Like, we've got you. Delivery fees on us. We've seen McDonald's do something similar. I think it was $5 off any $15 order, right? And so that's like, yes, they always offer delivery of their food. But right now, that's pretty much like the only ads you're seeing on the platform, from, from dining brands. Right. And they're mentioning, you know, things like we here's our, here's our contact free delivery policy and strategy. And so it's showing that like, we're not just here to try and we're, we're very aware of what's happening and actually we're offering you, we're, we're, we're taking on some self self-sacrifice here and we're, we're trying to help you. Yeah, sure. You're paying them for a product, but, um, they're hyper aware of that, you know, brands like, um, Jeep, Marriott, Uber, they're all about adventure, getting out there, moving, traveling, the messaging they're putting on the platform is completely counter to that. They're saying, do not take an Uber anywhere. Do not travel anywhere, says Marriott. Jeep says, stay inside and read a book. You know, and that's, that's, that's I think, you know, they're not offering utility necessarily in this case, but they're showing, they're, they're, they're helping support the messages that the CDC and the World Health Organization and governments are trying to, um, trying to distribute at scale and they're playing a role there on a more extreme end of the spectrum. 
you've got brands totally flipping their business models. So you've seen New Balance, for instance, they, they put this out on Twitter uh, about a week and a half ago, and it completely blew up. They're taking all their manufacturing lines and supply chain and materials that they have access to. And instead of making sneakers, they're making face, ma- um, face masks to distribute to medical facilities. Budweiser and LVMH, Louis Vuitton, Moet Hennessy, turning their, their alcohol f- and fragrance factories into hand sanitizer factories that they're then using to ship distribute hand sanitizers to um, to the local governments and hospitals, things like that. Um, so th- those are a couple examples. Um, again, another Budweiser example, Bud Light, we saw they, they took over Twitter last Sunday, or they took over Twitter recently. Bud Light recently took over Twitter with uh, a promoted trend unit, which is basically like the front page ad unit mm-hmm. on Twitter. And all it was was simple creative that said, please order takeout from your local restaurant. Keep them in business. They're there for you. They have content, you know, they have safe delivery options. And that's that's a massive ad placement on Twitter. And it's all to supporting local restaurants. Now, of course, their products are carried at local restaurants. It's great for them if these restaurants stay in business. But it was it was virtuous and it was altruistic. And the the tone of the creative was was just kind of was pitch perfect. Um and Verizon, I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, Verizon has been ru- um, running a live concert series on Twitter every week. So yeah. Uh, first week was Dave Matthews band. Then it was Ryan Tedder from one Republic last night was Alicia keys. It's called uh, hashtag pay it forward live. So it's these artists performing live from their, their homes and the ha- mentions of the hashtag drive donations to small businesses, you know, small businesses are, are, are vital to, you know, a telecommunications company, right. That, so that that's in their lane and it's actually providing just some like really calm vibes, good entertainment. Streaming is up in general as a, a, across the world. And so they're playing into those behaviors and it just feels right. They have a right to be doing this um, and it's helpful to, to everyone. What of all of these efforts by these brands do you hope will carry forward out of this crisis? I, I hope, I, I think we've seen we've seen brands become even more human during this time, not necessarily everyone, but we've seen a lot of brands become more human. And I think what they will find the ones who are, who are over indexing in, in, in that right now, empathy and positivity. I think what they'll find is that months from now, when this is all said and done and you start to look at things like brand equity and, um, and brand love. I think you'll find the ones who really doubled down here and and took some risks and made some sacrifices. They're going to find those numbers um, and those readings through the roof. And I think hopefully that will be a lesson for for all marketers uh, as that as to what you what your role is in society should come first. The products and services that you create and market to fulfill that role come second. Um, and, and so I, I do hope that that'll be more resounding uh, as, as we move forward and, 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 and um, emerge from all this. That's well said, Alex. I hope the same. And I, and I think we will see a lot of that. You know, I know we're only a few weeks into this. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. 
Hey, uh, this is speculation. Uh, I know you don't have a lot of data on this, but what what do you expect? What consumer trends do you think will shift a bit more permanently coming out of this crisis? I mean, we have a long enough period where we're staying in place to form new habits, right? The experts say it takes about four to six weeks to form a new habit. What do you think might come out of this with some new habits from consumers? Yeah, we're we're doing a, we're discussing that a lot right now, and there's a lot of hypothesizing happening, um, even even within uh, my own my own team. But uh, so here, here's a few that you know we're, we're we're considering. I think flexible working will become more normalized, right? Uh, so I think uh, certain not necessarily for across every industry or every company, but I think at, at a much larger scale. The idea of remote working, I think, will be more acceptable and actually encouraged and promoted in, in certain instances. Um, I think home fitness, I think people will realize, wow I, wow, I can actually, you know, if I have a Peloton or a rowing machine or a treadmill, I can actually get quite a bit done in the comfort of my own home, assuming you have the space for that. Um, so I think that that's something that will per, um, will persist I think you'll see more open dialogue around mental health. I know over the last couple of years, we've seen mental health become a bit more, um, people have become a bit more comfortable and open discussing that and, and discussing that publicly and, and start starting to reduce the stigma around that. I think this is going to accelerate that that movement um, quite dramatically because everyone, now mental health is, 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 mental health matters to everybody right now. Anyone who's experiencing this pandemic, which is basically everybody around the world at one time or another, um, in mental health, and it's in certain extreme it's maybe more extreme for some than for others but i think i think that that perception will shift um will shift and my hope is that work life priorities will will balance a bit more for for people as well so when you think about your team you know and and what you do every day and what you do for clients is there anything that you've learned the last few weeks that were more important than you thought and some things that maybe were less important than you thought so what I found is, is, is my team is working, we work, as you know, with brands across every industry and across pretty much every part of the world. What I found over the last few weeks, and this is my, maybe my biggest learning, is that things in a, in a pandemic suddenly are much more globally applicable or are much more applicable across different verticals or, or different industries. And it's surprising because you would, it, there's so much volatility that comes with the pandemic. So that's not to say brands we're talking to don't have very nuanced and complex and differentiated challenges that they're trying to navigate or initiatives that they're trying to pursue. But by and large, a lot of the principles that we are consulting them on, a lot of the best practices that we are working with them on are largely applicable, whether you're selling cars or whether you're selling insurance or whether you are uh, a dining brand in the UAE or whether you're a dining brand in Canada. And that is, um, that's actually been quite helpful because it allows us to really ground ourselves as a team in working with these brands and advising these brands. Um, but at the same time, it was, it, we found it quite surprising. And the first and most important principle is be human. I, there's, so there's like, there's three, well, there, there's like, there's three basically uh, that that we're that we're really really focused on. Yeah, being human underpinning all of it, but know your brand, meaning like what's the unique role that you can play to meet a need. The second is to be thoughtful about your tone of voice. So listen first, 
exercise empathy and understanding. Um, in certain instances, not making light of the situation, but in certain instances, levity can 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 be helpful um, where appropriate. And then finally, you have to, in order to be thoughtful with your tone and know your and know your role, you have to keep up to date with what's happening. You know, something that maybe was appropriate to say last week isn't appropriate to say now and do now. Um, and and you need to really be like anticipating changes in your customer's behavior. So airlines coming out early and uh, announcing um, no fee flight changes or um, streaming services moving up, you know, Frozen 2, Disney Plus moving up Frozen 2, or uh, ESPN announcing the new Michael Jordan docuseries will be airing in April versus, you know, later in the summer. These are, these are just... These are these are just some grounding principles that we've been really emphasizing with our with our um, advertising partners. I love those principles, Alex, and I think they will live beyond this crisis. They're beautiful principles, actually. We should live them every day. I, I think so too. I think so too. And in some brands, this has become this has been very intuitive for, and others, it's it's been a bit a bit more jarring to adjust. But um, but we are seeing, if you look back at the second week of March versus today, I think you've seen so many brands get you know sort of. Um, get their strategy straight and, and twisted in, in, in new ways. Um, and I think that's now it's, it's become much more the norm versus four or five weeks ago is still kind of um, a, a quite an adjustment period for, for a lot of folks. If you look back in the last month for you as a leader, is there anything you would have done differently? Um, I think in the beginning we we lead with with empathy on our team. We really try and create um, a culture of, of psychological safety. And so your family and your health comes first and our team will figure out where others are struggling and others are, are thriving. We'll figure out a way to cover those gaps for each other. Um, but I think at the beginning as a leader, you know, I, I didn't realize just how long-term this was going to be because I've seen a lot of things in a lot of chapters and eras um, in, in my eight years at Twitter, but uh, this is something that I've never seen or have zero experience with. Um, it was comforting to know, though, that most people, uh, regardless of whether you've been in the industry 10 years or 30 years, um, pretty much in the same boat. Right. But I think I think really being up front uh, and someone someone on my team, a uh, leader on my team said in the v- very early said, I'm not treating this like it's a temporary thing. I am trying to adjust myself and my team and my family to this being the the new way of life and the new way of working because we just don't know how long this is going to last. And if we kid ourselves in the beginning that it's going to be two, three, four weeks, we're only going to set our, our psyches up for, for, for pain, you know, in, in a month or two from now. So that, that's a learning that I'll, I'll take with me going forward. What are you most proud of from your organization over the last several weeks? The thing that I'm most proud of, um, Twitter, is they were so early you know, our, our leadership team from, from Jack to, to, um, to, to everybody at the, at the C-suite level, they were amongst the earliest, not just in our industry, but in the economy to say, to, to implement a travel ban for employees and to encourage and then mandate work from home. Um, and they really set the tone uh, for, the, for, the comp- for people in the company to, to know what their priorities were, which is their health and safety. The health and safety of their loved ones. They um, said to take care of yourselves, take care of our people in the company, look out for each other. And then thirdly, 
take care of the service because people are coming to the platform as we shared a couple of weeks ago at in record numbers to find out what's happening. Um, and we, we do, we have, um, an obligation and it's a privilege to, to have this obligation to, to uphold that service. And so that really set the tone for the next few weeks, which got rockier and rockier as the situation escalated, I think beyond what anyone believed it actually would. Um, and that's, that's what I'm most proud of is, is how the company looked out for its, its people first and foremost. So last question, what's your priority as you look in the, you know, kind of four to eight weeks ahead of us? For you and your team and for Twitter? Yeah. So for as for for my team in particular, um, we are, you know, we are here to partner with brands uh, and um, that that partnership and that that service looks quite differently now than it uh, historically and typically has. So we are really focused on just being good partners uh, on listening and helping them in any way that we can. At the same time, we are now starting to look ahead and try and prepare ourselves and prepare the services we offer for a world that may be quite different. So if we can assume for a moment that ultimately the pandemic does stabilize at some point, what does life look like afterwards? And, and as a brand, how can you prepare for that world and anticipate what some of those changes um, in in the market, you know, uh, some of those changes in how humanity behaves um, are, are going to be, and how can you how can you get ahead of that curve now? Yeah, none of us know what's coming, right? So the importance of listening, agility, frequent communication, flexibility, compassion—these are they are always important now, more important than ever. And I, yeah, that's absolutely right. Absolutely right. Well, Alex, so uh, I'm so thankful that you shared your, your, a few minutes with us. This advice has been uh, amazing, helpful for everyone, uh, and I thank you know you and your team for what you're doing to keep the world up to date in these very very stressful times. You know, your platform I think is really rising up, and I'm using it a lot, and it's helping me feel a bit more up to date, a bit more secure, and a bit closer to people. Thanks. Thanks for the kind words, Jim. And it's um, thanks. Thanks for having me on today. Happy to be here. Take care. You too. Stay safe and stay healthy. And we'll hopefully see each other soon. I hope so. That was my conversation with Alex Josephson. I loved his four principles for brands during this time. First is know your brand and the role you play in people's lives. Be thoughtful, be caring, have levity and keep up to date. Fabulous principles during the crisis and beyond that. And if you listeners out there enjoyed this and want to hear more, tell us who you'd like to hear from, what company or leader is responding well during this crisis. Send us an email at info at gallerypodcastsplural.com, and we'll try to reach out to that leader or company and get them on the special editions of the CMO podcast. That's it for this episode of our Leadership During Crisis series. We hope you enjoyed this follow-up episode and found value and insight into how these leaders and brands are operating during this pandemic. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, I would be so grateful if you shared it with your friends. And if you gave the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe to the show and get notified every time we publish a new episode. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.